Hello fellow McClunkies and welcome to the first episode of Free Blurgs and a Bounty, the only Mandalorian discussion show hosted by the Imperial Senate Podcast. I'm your host Charlie Ashby and joining me today are my fellow Bounty Hunter Guild comrades. First up, it's our dear friend Nikki Kuma. How you doing buddy? I'm doing great, how about you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. It feels yeah. weird to be doing this first ever live-action Star Wars show. Yeah, we're jumping into new territory. All right, George promised us this about, what, 14 years ago? <laughs> and he took 14 years to get Like 2005. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, before we jump in, um, how was the Disney Plus experience for you? Because obviously you, um, you've got Disney Plus over there, unlike me. Yeah. Um, how was that? Um, for me, it was fine. Uh, I had to wait just a little bit because I wanted to get the bundle and they didn't. So like they, um, they released it, I guess, sort of probably like nine o'clock my time at night. Um, but I had to wait till about 1130 before I could, uh, purchase the thing that I wanted to purchase. So, um, it took, you know, I had to wait a little bit, but everything went pretty well. Um, and yeah, I got to jump in. Well, not bad then. Um, but also joining us is the wonderful, absolutely incredible Claire Stripling. How's it going, Claire? Oh, it's going. I am. I'm on cloud nine right now. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, not bad. I mean, if we're going to talk about getting into the service, you had a bit of trouble, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to watch it. So my plan was to get up and make coffee and sit in bed and watch it on the app on my PlayStation, Uh, watch the Mandalorian episode with my coffee and have the most beautiful, lovely, stress-free start to my day. And that didn't happen. Um, Basically, (laughs) I tried on the PlayStation app. I tried on my phone. I logged into one of the Rokus in my house um, and that one didn't work. I couldn't get it to work. And then I logged into the Roku upstairs at the tv that's like right next to the router and after like maybe 10 or 11 tries of refreshing and trying to access the episode through different um routes like searching for it or on the big banner on the top of the screen or on the little icon that they give you on the home screen anyway after like 11 times trying that it finally worked but i watched it and and uh after being frustrated and and Watching it in a much less comfortable setting with cold coffee, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty, <laughs> pretty damn good. <laughs> so, how would you both rate the experience of Disney Plus in your first go um, overall? Mm, nine out of fifty. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nine out of ten. I mean, there's still a lot. It didn't. I, I my one complaint for me is, it it took until this morning for them to recognize that I had bundled because I tried to go to Hulu and ESPN last night and they wouldn't let me. So I'm like, hmm. mm. I was just working, and now, but now it appears to be working. So maybe we'll give it a nine nine point three, maybe you know. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give it a solid five. <laughs> Ooh. Solid five, but I think that a lot of it, a lot of my. F- five-ness comes from just how impossible it's been for me to watch 
The Mandalorian. So when I finally got it done and was able to watch it, I was like, great. And I know that's their own fault. Or, I mean, I know that's the fault of everybody wanting to watch it first thing in the morning. And, and I get that. But I also remember a bunch of the Disney like, don't worry, it's going to be fine. The servers will be fine. They won't be overloaded. You're not going to have any issues because you can't download it before the day of. Psych. Um, that didn't happen, Disney. Talk a big game, but you did not show up on that one. But, um, and and so, and then a little bit later in the day, uh, Jake came over and we watched it again because he hadn't seen it yet. And it took me like five or six tries to get it to actually work. We tried it on the TV I wanted to. We tried it on my PlayStation again, and the PlayStation hasn't worked either. And then I eventually had to pull it up on my computer and watch it from there. Um, so I <laughs> had two times the frustration of getting to watch it. But I've seen it twice now. So, you know, technically I have seen it. But I like the Where layout of the app. I think the app's pretty. It's much better than Disney now. <laughs> oh, yeah. That thing was a train wreck. Seriously. Yeah, they did not They did not get the same team to work on that one. That's no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah, God. I I use um, I use it through the Xbox primarily, so it's it's I think it's a lot cleaner than both Netflix and uh, um, like Amazon. At least the way that's on the Xbox, it feels feels a lot just sort of crisper and like easier to navigate. Yeah, I haven't even been able to look at how it looks like on the PlayStation. I just get the. Oops, we're having issues with our servers. I haven't even gotten past that, you know, oh, okay. on the PlayStation. So I, I, don't, I can't really talk from the PlayStation point. But the rest of it, I think it looks great, um, you know. But once people, once people start chilling out and not all try to watch the thing, trying to watch the Mandalorian at the same time, I think it'll be golden. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't really give my feedback for Disney Plus because we don't get it till March 2020. Um, Ouch. <laughs> of course, I just happened to watch the episode because it was on the floor. I picked it up and there was a little disc and I was like, oh, cool. Um, so that was fun. Um, that's absolutely how it happened and no other way. Uh, before we jump into the episode, I think it's fair we should talk about something else that happened on Disney Plus, which is obviously all the Star Wars catalogue is on there including A New Hope. And there was a bit of a controversy. It, well, not all of it. I, well, you know what I mean. The the majority of the yeah. films. You know, other systems and streaming platforms aside, which have deals at the minute. Um, a New Hope is on there. And there's, a, there's been a little bit of controversy because... I mean, we we need to talk about the burnt carcass in the middle of the cantina right now because there's something's happened. <laughs> now, from certain points of view, you could see this as another disaster. I personally think it's a a beautiful moment for the Star Wars franchise. Um, I think it's George's uh, present to us, and that is the inclusion of McClunky. <laughs> <laughs> now. If you don't know what McClunky is, this is basically McClunky. <laughs> so, McClunky. 
<laughs> according to 11:38 on Twitter, um, this is actually part of the 2012 around that era when George was putting together the 3D um, 3D films for the original trilogy. He edited one last thing alongside the HD conversion, which was the introduction of uh, Greedo saying McClunky for some reason before dying. Um, (laughs) What did you guys think about McClunky? (laughs) I think I have the controversial opinion of I don't really care, honestly. (laughs) 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 Like, it's like, I think it's funny. I think it's great in the sense that it's open ended. <laughs> we don't really know what it means. It kind of mean whatever you want it to mean. If it means like, you know, an insult or taunting or something. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I just I don't. I never get hung up on these sort of minutia details of of changes. I just it's not it's not really what I think about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have to share the story of what I think thought about McClunky at first. <laughs> okay, Clinging at it so as Mount Vesuvius in seventy nine AD. <laughs> Claire and I had a weird discussion earlier where it got very antagonistic. It did. Where I basically tried to ask them, uh, Nikki and Claire, if they heard about McClunky, sent a link to where I found the news about McClunky, and Claire got very angry about this introduction. I was so confused about why. There was this pent-up anger towards it. I thought it was just a ridiculous little thing. Um, I the was link pissed. I sent, yeah, <laughs> she was very pissed. I'm being very nice about it. I was, con- I was concerned. It's like, what the uh, fuck is this? And it turns out because the link I sent, there was a there was a follow-up with a a comedic add-on where someone has edited Obi Wan and Yoda's death to include them saying McClunky, <laughs> like McClunky, and Claire thought that was real. <laughs> I thought he also put McClunky in like those death scenes as well. And I was so fucking mad that that is the version I have to watch on Disney Plus. It's like, like what? And so my um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think my one of my responses to Charlie was, uh, "It's still annoying to me, but good on George for getting one over on the white slavers." I guess. I thought I was, I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was so pissed. I was like, are you kidding me? George, like you you can change them. You like it's your movie. You can change them. Why would you do that? <laughs> what? You're taking away all of these very emotional mo- Oh god, I was so pissed. I was like, I I I couldn't. I was like, never watch a Disney Plus Star Wars again. It's the most comedic like edit though i know but i wasn't sure because <laughs> i just saw all three homegirl, of them homegirl had a homegirl had a rough part. morning <laughs> i was like what the fuck <laughs> i was already in a bad mood from the disney plus stuff not working for me and i was like what is this <laughs> just ready to explode this is the worst <laughs> oh my god so anyway um my now actual opinion on McClunky is I'm pro McClunky. I think that's an excellent addition, and it cracks me up. So, we're as a podcast, we're all joined together and being pro McClunky. I'm gonna get McClunky tattooed across my heart. Nice in Orabash. Also, shout out to Josh Tra- uh, Josh Chapman and the <laughs> Josh stars that out. Yeah, shout out to Josh Trank uh, for not making a Boba Fett film. Uh, no, shout out to Josh Chapman and the Star Wars Out uh, T Public Store, which now has a McClunky shirt. 
how he got that up so fast, I have no idea, but it's on there. I want the stickers <laughs> for my laptop case. <laughs> I want a okay. McClunky sticker on there so bad. McClunky. But enough about Greedo. <laughs> <laughs> enough about McClunky. Um, it's time to get into The Mandalorian and what we thought about the, the first ever episode. Uh, Claire, what was your main thoughts about this episode? Uh, <laughs> well, my my main thoughts... Uh were overwhelmingly positive they were it was just super moist real moist (laughs) is what it was i was just i don't know from the very first shot it was kind of like a slow build for me but every single shot and new alien and like just every single second i thought this looks exactly like something you would see in the theaters this does not look like like streaming service special effects they did not lie when they said that they are throwing everything at this show and i am 100 percent in i am so excited to see where it goes and um yeah i'm i am even without him taking his helmet off i'm still in love with pedro pascal so good what about you nikki yeah i mean same thing my it's the the Dominant uh, thought in my head right now is, spoiler, baby on board. Woo! <laughs> um, so that, that'll be fun to talk about. But yeah, I agree with everything Claire just said. And going to Pedro specifically, I was, I won't say worried, but like, I was kind of worried, um, like, cautious about the character himself being very sort of like, like, just so... No nonsense that he doesn't have much, like, you know, movement to him or whatever. Right. But yeah. I, was, I was, like, surprised that – we're not surprised. I was I was happy that um, that wasn't the case, especially kind of closer to the end and interacting with a certain droid and stuff. There was, oh, there was a lot okay. more, like, character to it and, you know, motion and, and what he was doing. And it reminded, it reminded me very much of uh, sort of, like – the mask acting of Adam Driver and stuff too, where even though you can't see their face, they're they're so good at expressing through their own body and stuff that you feel a character even though you can't see who they are. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I just kept thinking in my brain in like the first half of the episode before you get to the big old gunfight shootout. Um, first of all, I kept thinking, holy shit, this is an awesome space western. And the second thing I kept thinking was I love how – how confident he seems there is absolutely no rushing the mandalorian until he's surrounded by like 50 men he Mm -hmm. he's like he's so cool so collected and there's really no rush like everyone's panic like his bounty is like panicking around him and he's just like i'm just gonna casually stroll and grab like the stun rifle (laughs) Mm -hmm. zap the he's just He's, he's, he's like, just cool, collected, and cold-blooded, and, oh, well, I don't know about cold-blooded, but he's, I, I definitely got a feel for how, <laughs> yeah, how no-nonsense and efficient and good at his shit he is. He, I just, mm-hmm. oh, I cannot wait to see what he does. Yeah. Yeah, I also appreciate the distinction between him and Boba Fett, which is what I was worried about as well. Um, especially in, like you said, Pedro's acting. Um, I was worried that they weren't going to use him that much in terms of vocally. 
which I was completely wrong. And like you said, characteristically, he comes out, especially in those scenes of IG-11. But also in terms of the character himself, there's a lot more humanity there. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he's a bounty hunter, he's not the same as Boba Fett. Whereas Boba Fett is different because even though he was raised differently to the other clones, he's still this like he's not completely like do you know what I mean like he was kind of cold-blooded anyway and had a different point of view for stuff he still had the humanity when it came to the clones but that's because they all look like him <laughs> his dad I would imagine <laughs> um so this there's always something slightly different there whereas this one we actually see a bit of his past um in a really cool flashback sort of montage so cool. moment and the mm-hmm. loyalty and to his people and to his tribe. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's the difference as well. There's a deep Mandalorian mythology there that's embedded with him, within him. Whereas with Boba Fett, we didn't see that as much. Maybe in the old EU, but not... He's a bit of a lone the... wolf. Is that because yeah, they're exactly. not Mandalorians, technically? The Fets? Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, there's still the debate around that. Like, Yeah, like I don't really know Mac. what the... like. The official word is, <laughs> yeah. if there is one, but I believe the official word is that they're not necessarily Mandalorian, but they could be maybe like from a colony or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but either way, the, the sort of the tribal aspects wasn't really there of them. They were on, like you said, lone wolves. Mm-hmm. Here, the Mandalorians clearly part of this tribe, and there's also a really interesting element of him being an orphan. Yeah, and helping out other orphans, which I thought was really it's sweet. Like what they call found, um... foundlings or something? Foundlings, yeah, yeah. foundlings. Gelfling, <laughs> gelfling, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. We made a reference in there. We, we got, got it in one there. in. <laughs> <laughs> you rascals. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Nikki, you already sort of mentioned your your one a minute ago, so I'm going to go Claire again first for this. Was there any moment that really stood out for you specifically as the best of the episode? Oh, oh. I mean, it's hard to top our little baby surprise because <laughs> I think Ooh. I made the weirdest, like our little oops baby, but because um, I made some weird <laughs> noise when, when I saw that on screen that I don't think I could replicate now, even if I tried. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of muppety. But there was one moment where um, I literally, the words came out of my mouth, damn, that's moist. And that was, I'm not joking, actually said it. And that was when our our boy, Mr. Mando himself, steals the, the gun turret. And takes all of them out in one swoop. And just the music playing behind that and the way they shot it. And just seeing everyone. Then like the backing up to the shot of just everybody flat on the ground around him. Dunzo. That was a really, really cool moment. That I just, I just remembered just saying like, holy fuck. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Damn, that's moist. The actual quote. I was like, wow. Wowzers. Initiating self destruct. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody, no. <laughs> also, um, I'll ask yours next, Charlie. But do you do you think we're repairing IG Eleven? 
Yes. <laughs> I really hope so because if that's the I only think... opportunity we get to like to see that delightful boy, I'm going to be really sad. I Hopefully think... he becomes an antagonist starts hunting our hero and our baby down. I think the reason why one of the reasons why he's so you know gung ho about destroying it is because he didn't want to leave left behind, but I think he gets uploaded back to a database like IGA8 was. Um I think as well in the trailer we see him in a different spot, so I wasn't too worried about that. Oh, good. Um, yeah, there was a I think, also a TV spot with some dialogue. Yeah, that might have been it. I mm-hmm. think that might have been it where he talks about the Mandalorian. Right, right. Um, and I was like, okay, well, that's, that wasn't in this episode, so I feel like mm-hmm. he, he may return somehow. Um, so yeah, I thought that was pretty awesome. How about well, what was your moment? What was your your moist moment of the episode? Okay, so one of the reasons why I loved Boba Fett so much in the older you was there was this comic book which I had, and it showed Boba Fett actually going out actively getting bounties and stuff, and it's one of the reasons why I love Bounty Hunter, the, the game, and everything like that. And it's why I know a lot of it comes from Empire, obviously, but it's it's a mixture of that Cantina and A New Hope beginning and empire that sort of the grimy side of the galaxy i've always enjoyed that um i like all the aspects but there's something about focusing on that particularly which was really interesting and there was a specific scene in the episode which felt a lot like that boba fett book which was the in one of the opening scenes where the fish man (laughs) i can't remember his name uh is trying to sort of outsmart the mandalorian by going down and then trying to figure out some sort of exit and then once he sees the carbonite uh, bounties all lined up in a row, and he kind of realizes that he's, you know, he's doomed. And then the camera pans back to his face, and the Mandalorian's like just out of nowhere, standing behind so him like good. Batman. I jumped. That, yeah, that was so good. And then when he just pushes him into the um, the carbon freeze chamber, I was like, okay, this is awesome. That's exactly what I wanted to see. <laughs> um, no, like no major dialogue, just the fear on that guy's face. He thought he outsmarted him and he is completely wrong. My first thought when he pushed him in there was, oh, thank goodness he's going to be quiet now. And then my, <laughs> se- <laughs> and then my second thought was like, oh, damn, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, thank you for shutting him up. We have all wanted this. <laughs> he's like, you want to take a shit in my toilet? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> What about you, Nikki? Oh man, um, yeah, I loved the the shootout was amazing. Um, <laughs> it was it was just so cool to see. Just after having seen IG eighty eight, you know, just standing around for so long and you know, reference <laughs> photos and stuff, it was cool to see what one of those droids looks like functioning. Because um, we got it in like Clone Wars as well, but this was very much a a different sort of flavor of of seeing that kind of droid going ham on people um so yeah that was great uh i was there were things i was surprised about which is awesome and one of those was the the like mandalorian guild kind of like hideout the tribe hideout mm. i didn't expect to see all those mandos there because um so much of the uh marketing has been talking about how this guy's like alone gunfighter so you right. just expect him to 
not really have like a home or a base, but that doesn't seem to be the case because there are a bunch of Mandalorians hanging around. Um, so that was kind of cool to see that. Um, shout out to to what's his face, uh, Queel, Nick Nolte. Oh <laughs> my uh, god! Who has spoken? I've spoken. <laughs> he has motherfucking spoken. What a great <laughs> way to sign off. That's like that's better than OK Boomer. <laughs> We're just like I have spoken. We're done here. I, I have need spoken. to start using that. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. No, there. There's so much, you know, just kind of surprising stuff. Um, I think everyone has, you know, sort of a, a perception of what any sort of Star Wars story is going to be before they see it. So it's always cool to have just little things uh, and big things, big ears at the end, um, surprise you on, on, on what this actually is. So why don't we just dive into that major spoiler at the end? Because it, it's clearly in our, all of our minds. Um, Baby Yoda, do 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so at the end of the episode, obviously, spoiler alert if you haven't seen this. I mean, we should have said spoiler alert at the beginning, but it's fine. Um, so at the end, it turns out the bounty that the Mandalorian has been given by uh, Chief Werner Herzog was actually <laughs> um, a baby who is 50 years old because the species ages at a different rate to other species. And the species, it, although it doesn't have a name, it's the same as Yoda and Yaddle. Um, which I think believes, if we look at the time period, that's canon that Yaddle and Yoda got it on. What did we think about this sort of cliffhanger? Oh my gosh. It's fascinating. I'm so Just overwhelmed. <laughs> the, the total like implication of it all. Just because A... That species is is literally so sacred it does not have a name <laughs> yeah. or yeah. or a homeworld or anything. Um, so the idea that just you know in our universe the fact that this could be expanded upon is just a really like kind of mind blowing thing. And then within the Mandalorian's universe, like what are they trying to get out of that baby? Like what what is special about this race? Um, apart from it being Yoda and Yaddle's race, you know? So, yeah, it's like, what what kind of powers are they trying to unlock or something? It's it's kind of scary and also just awesome because, and I also love the the little scene of him, like, reaching to it, like the last shot. Oh, <laughs> sort of, like, reaches so up much. at him. Oh, man. Yeah, no, it's so dope. It's That was a beautiful... Uh, end scene that direction Mm. from Dave Filoni was just spot on no it was awesome it's just it's fascinating too because when we meet Werner Herzog's character whose name I can't remember um and you know the the doctor the scientist guy walks in the room as well Mm -hmm. and there's and I keep thinking about the exchange that the two of them had with the Mandalorian it was they just about um, taking him alive or not, taking the bounty alive. And the doctor's like, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and Werner Herzog's like, I don't give a shit. Kill it if you want. Um, 
but it's fascinating to think that like what could be the remnants of the empire's plan with a baby like that because they have expressed that they would prefer to have that baby alive is there something in palpatine's contingency that in his you know plan b <laughs> that that could call for something like that how did they even know that that baby exists and so 50 years ago about where does that put us you know um it's just where did this baby come from what happened 50 years ago that would spawn another of this these like mysterious species yeah i want to know uh also what album do yoda and yaddle put on when they get down to business like <laughs> is that bro it's their space <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs> Um, yeah. Also, also um, we got a question from at Yoda Bauer on Twitter who says, this may be an overly asked question, but do you think the pod at the end of the episode was a hover pod or was the baby using the force? Oh. Ooh. Oh, Yoda Bauer. Good freaking question. See, hmm. I didn't even notice that. I, yeah, I never even thought about that. Um, I'm gonna be boring and assume it was a hover pod. <laughs> but I, but I, I love, I love the the thought that it's that it might be using the force for it instead. Because I mean, my yeah, it, the only two of that species we know are two incredibly powerful force users. So exactly, odds are, exactly. This little baboo is yeah. gonna be fantastic, powerful, but so what are we calling the baby? We have Yoda, that, we have a, Yaddle, yeah. maybe Yiddle. Yoda Lehi who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Yiddle baby. Yiddle. Yiddle, I like Yiddle. Maybe uh, Yiddle. Maybe Yiddle. I'm sure he'll give him a name. <laughs> Why'd uh, you name him like Fred? <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you Jeremy Bullock. <laughs> Django. <laughs> Little Bojangles. <laughs> Bojangles. I just have to say, the design of that of the baby, though, a lot of heart went into that, because so, it was so easy you could have gone really wrong with that design. Mm-hmm. And I think they they just got it spot on, because it didn't look like a gremlin. It, it was adorable. It was the cutest thing I think I've ever seen in my whole goddamn life. The way the ears like came popped out as well. The I way the know. first shot of it is you see behind it and you see the profile of his little cute baby ear sticking out. Oh my god. That it like, flashed me. Was, it flashed me back to um The Last Jedi. When oh, when the, the, the camera it. pans across and it's just, you know, the back of Yoda's head to reveal him there. It oh. it was like that same that same recognition of those those ears. Damn ears though. <laughs> Yep. I didn't even notice that first shot, and it wasn't until I watched it back again. Because I, 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 I knew it was obviously a baby, but mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god. I was like, this makes so much sense. And it was just so adorable. And the eyes. Oh, the eyes. Oh, oh I love it. It was so good. I want one. Yeah, it it's, so adorable. It's, such a, it's such a move. Like, mad flex by John Favreau. <laughs> I need, I like, say, I need well, to know. When at what point 
he was like, I need a baby Yoda. <laughs> like, was that, was that like one of the first things he had thinking about this story? Did it like come up as he was developing it? Did like, he talk I just to George about this? Like, did he and George Lucas have a conversation about this? Like, I feel like they I f- had to. Mm-hmm. I think, I think um, someone mentioned that George Lucas was brought on board for some of the things in the Mandalorian, and I wouldn't be surprised if dealing with Yoda and his species was one of them, because it's such a big deal. Yeah, and I wouldn't trust anyone else apart from George to sort of deal with that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I have to say as well, and one of those moments in the episodes, and a lot of people like Easter eggs, but. You know those like small little details that make they're so random, but for every every fan has them. Um, where you just go, oh god, that's so good. Um, I had one of them in this episode, which is the scene where they shoot down the door, no, oh, yeah. a blaster, uh-huh. and then watching IG Eleven's legs move on the door mm-hmm. was just—I don't know if you watched that, but it's so good. <laughs> Was... The way they did that, it's, I was like, oh, that feels, that looks so nice. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. That shot was marvelous. This is like, that was another one of those moments where I was like, this space western has a lot of Wild West flavor, and that was one of those moments for me. I was like, oh, Vaquero, let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when, they, when they're like stuck together, but like on the same pillar, and all the like blaster shots are coming in at them. It just like, it felt so... Like Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, yeah, with a with a more hope happier ending, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, it yeah, it just it, it nailed that vibe. Just that whole gunfight was so good. Also, shout out to um, Taika Waititi for doing such a great job at voicing IG Eleven because he did such a great way of having the cadence delivered. It's absolutely a droid, and it, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's just how I would imagine that droid to sound. Mm-hmm. And because um, I know a lot of people were expecting some sort of like New Zealand comedic, like his normal voice and would like add a bit of comedic. Just Korg. To it. But it was still <laughs> yeah. funny. Oh, but the delivery of that character was still funny. Like even Absolutely, though it was yeah. 100% spot on murder droid. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Especially with the... um. Like work together, <laughs> that works. Like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the blurgs and the the sort of the CG for that? I think they look great and also kind of like terrifying. <laughs> 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 They're like mad fish, but they run. Yeah. <laughs> Those teeth. Jake. I, Jake said that they. He said something pretty accurate when we were watching. He's like, "Are those like tadpole T Rexes?" Like temples <laughs> that have just gotten their legs. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, because when you're watching it, like the Clone Wars and even the Holiday Special, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, they they would be ridiculous. They're easy, to, like you know, you you could deal with them easily. But when you see them in that real world scenario, you'd be like, Jesus! Christ. Like when it was ripping his arm, I was like, Jesus Christ! Could you imagine those big teeth on you, like trying to eat you? Don't fuck with yeah. the blurg, man. It like. Screwed up his uh, his like arm brace. That thing's all beat up now. He needs a new Beskar one. <laughs> <laughs> also, There's still some more babies. Also, I have to share this fun fact because um, Phil Stozak from Lucasfilm is a good dude, and he knows and does all those art of books. And mm-hmm. he had a Mandalorian Twitter thread like months ago. Um, 
And he was kind enough to tag me in one of the tweets on his thread because the blurgs were um, from a character design, from old artwork from a character design um, from the same person who designed Salacious Crumb. Oh, oh, it's the same person who did that that um that artwork way back in the day. It was unused from a long time ago, and then anyway, I was so he I didn't know that fun fact, and then it made my Grinch heart grow three sizes that day because I also think they're the most ugly, cute things on the planet, and I want one, and I want to destroy my enemies with their sharp teeth. <laughs> well, speaking of, why don't we jump into uh, the controversial part of the episode? Um. <laughs> At least for one of us. Okay. So there was a scene in this episode which me and Nikki watched at Celebration. And we've mentioned this before in the main show. But if you're not aware of it, the famous Claire uh, angry fuck? gif. <laughs> what, what the, the fuck, fuck gif? <laughs> angry um, gif, yeah. Stems from this conversation where we, we discussed this scene for the first time. They broke but Claire, the, the first time. Claire, it's the first time you got to watch the Kowaki and Monkey Lizard spit roast yeah i've seen the still of it before because people mm-hmm. are fucking assholes and they like sending that to me um so i'm just gonna i made my announcement on twitter and i will make it here on the podcast as well if you comment if you send me any sort of message about that scene i'm not gonna answer you depending on what you send me i very well might block you or mute you so just be aware um, I was really fucking sick of it in April, and I'm really sick of it now. But um, I, I th- it's kind of a good thing, probably, that I had been mentally prepared since April for what I was going to see, and that I knew it was coming. I think if that had surprised me, I would have not um, handled it so well, because now at this point, I'm just like, fuck you, John Favreau. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> That's like as, as about as far as I've gone. I'm not... It didn't... Um, make me feel as physically ill as the idea of it did because I've been prepared for it. But I don't understand all the Kowaki and Monkey Lizard hate. Y'all are a bunch of assholes, and if you do send me anything about it, I will ignore you. So, there you go, guys. Have fun. So, do you think that that celebration reveal was, in a way, John Favreau and Dave Filoni preparing you oh, for the reveal? Oh, 100%. Um, they knew about me. We're pretty tight, and um, they they wanted to make sure that, you know, they knew they were disrespecting me because we have like a friendly rivalry. <laughs> they just wanted me to be prepared for it. Um, they were it's but it's like a it's a kind of like a rivalry, and there's like a little mutual respect there. It's not like kind of rivalries where you want to like egg their houses and stuff. It's more like I will best you in my own way. Um, but I'll get them back. I will do you it. You know, I thought at first they cut it. Because yeah, me from too. the footage that we saw, it was before he went to the meeting. Oh. And I was like, oh, I guess they, I, maybe that was just a little celebration, you know, gag or something. But then it was in later. Um, I know. Yeah. The, <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Right. Right. The thing that, <laughs> my biggest takeaway from it, because I don't also, I also don't have a, an equivalent. Like, I can't think of something where it would put me in that same position as Claire. Maybe if they like roasted an Ewok, I'd be pretty upset. Um, oh, I don't want to see that either. <laughs> oh, uh, oh. But the thing that kind of fascinates me about it is now it's like, oh, so Jabba technically had like a pet chicken. 
Because like if those, things, <laughs> if those things are if those things are just food, like if people just consider them as food, it's kind of like like uh, his court gesture was a, a chicken. <laughs> but according um, to the data bank and according to Star Wars Card Trader and a couple different sources that I'm totally not doing anything with right now, um, they are considered sentient beings who have a reputation of being very witty and funny. And very good entertainers. So basically what you're saying is that's not a chicken. You're intentionally spit roasting an intelligent creature, you fucking assholes. Well I mean, it's like, tasty though. Well it's like here, pigs are pigs are smarter than dogs. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Pigs are smarter than dogs. And um Also that meat cannot possibly taste good. They're like skin and bones on their arms and then just like the it's like literally just belly like meat. Blubber. Yeah, it's like all blubber belly meat, yeah. but not even very much of it at all. That hair as well. Yeah. Do you yeah, shave I them do, first I... or what? You can't taste no, them. No, there was definitely <laughs> no. They hadn't shaved that, that quacky monkey lizard. He was just... Maybe they're like a little hot dog snack. They're not like a full meal. Like if you're going out on the day. <laughs> Like a turkey leg at the fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um... But I, I know it's like kind of sad, but independent of the scenario, I love the audio that the one in the cage is doing. Like, fuck it's, you, no, no it's longer good, friends. Such good audio, though. No, it's like, not. <laughs> it's so Claire, my depressing. Head, my, it's so my sad. My head cannon is that it escapes. Thank okay? you. At least somebody. The Jawas set it free. The internet. Off-world Jawas. Yeah. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. It was it was a little like just seeing it cook was fine. No, no, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Like in terms, no! in terms of, but the, the the added cruelty of another one watching it was like, oh come on. Like, y'all are just being dicks now, okay? I'm not trying to be. No, a not dick. you. They are being dicks. I mean, it's yeah. I, I do feel that if it was an Ewok, I feel like I'd be really angry. See? Or Gungan or Yo, you guys yeah. are really mean because because it's not a conventionally attractive or conventionally cute character, y'all are mean to it and y'all are okay if it gets spit roasted. But if it no. was an Ewok because they're cute and fuzzy, everyone's like, Oh, I would hate that. No. No, I'm just saying I don't have a connection to the monkey lizard. So like I don't have an equivalent of something that would like or I I don't know what I feel about the same way you feel as a monkey lizard to where I can't really like, I don't know how to put myself in, in those shoes. Also, I don't really like smart animals. They piss me off. Oh, like seagulls can fuck right off. Oh, seagulls can definitely fuck right off. Like they're the seagulls in the Star Wars universe. It's like, okay, I respect your existence, but come near me. I'll cook you. (laughs) First of all, okay. All right. Here's another conversation. I didn't think I'd have today. Why do you want to cook seagulls? <laughs> There's no good meat on seagulls. They're like sky rats. They eat garbage. It's like a eat duck. Them. <laughs> it's, like, it's like eating eat greasy them. chicken. Yeah. It's like it's a healthy anxiety. It's like baking cookies. Also, how think dare you compare salacious crumb to a seagull, you jerks? <laughs> think about the like how a seagull like gets nutrition and what the quality of that meat would be based on right. what it's eating. 
Yeah, but you get diabetes trash. from eating one seagull. <laughs> no, the, sea- the seagulls in Britain, they just steal uh, chips from the sea. Yeah, they just eat chips. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. It's they're all um, fat fucks. <laughs> I have to, no, but to be fair, Claire, your specific favorite character of that race is a piece of shit in terms no. of like characteristic. It's a bad person. No, he's not. He's not. <laughs> he works for he works for a, a, a cartel. Okay, well, everybody's. You're gonna read the article I'm writing for our website, and you're gonna feel differently. Okay, <laughs> everybody's arguing about uh, Ben Solo doing no wrong. <laughs> Claire sitting here like Salacious Crumb did no wrong. He did it. <laughs> Salacious Crumb is baby. <laughs> Salacious Crumb baby is baby. Were. Y'all can fuck <laughs> off. The same. So, not a big fan of that scene. No. What gave it away? <laughs> Nikki, big fan of that scene? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't... If it was out, I would feel no change. Like, it would not affect... Like, I would not think worse of the show if it was not in it. <laughs> exactly. Get rid of it. You don't need it. It was <laughs> unnecessarily cruel. Look, I'm just saying, if you have to burn a few quacky monkey lizards to get a baby odor, I'm all for it. It's a trade-off. I can. All right, and I think that'll conclude my last episode ever on the Imperial Senate podcast. It was fun while we had a good run there, guys, but we're done. I can't talk to you anymore. I don't trust you, and you're all fucking. Well, next episode opens up with Baby Yoda and a spitfire. Good. My God. (laughs) Werner Herzog's just like the meat is very good on the ears. If you have to, (laughs) you have to chew on it a little bit. Christ. Claire shouting good. <laughs> you monster. Oh, I'm the monster now. Fuck you guys. No. You shouldn't You're burn any. You should not burn or cook and eat any sentient creature. Is that Thank can you. we agree on that? I think we can agree yeah. on that, apparently. The internet yeah. disagrees, but I agree. So stop eating pigs. They're smarter than dogs. <laughs> I fuck that. Fuck that. I'm gonna need a bacon sandwich. Um <laughs> uh, why don't we just conclude this episode by talking about the music? Ooh. Because the music was pretty dope. <laughs> yes. Ludwig Gorenson is a G. Yeah, Nikki told me that he worked on New Girl. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah, he was like the original music composer kind of thing for New Girl. Did Community as well. He's done oh. several albums with Childish Gambino. Um, I think we should um, edit our theme song to just to be the new girl theme song, but with Who's That Girl? It's Werner Herzog. <laughs> <laughs> or can we just have a deep fake of Werner Herzog singing it? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we don't work for Collider. Hey, <laughs> we'll get Collider to do it. Oh my god. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed the music. I thought it fit really well in. It was because we heard that, like, the traces of the theme earlier at Celebration. And it was so addicting just to listen to it then, to have the whole soundtrack. Well, I think they're releasing it episode by episode, which is strange, but, yeah. you know. It's up on Spotify. Also YouTube. And his YouTube. official YouTube channel. Nice. So if you want to listen to the Mandalorian soundtrack, that's where you go. Um but I really liked it. What about you guys? 
yeah, I think it's unique and it's it's got like so many different sides to it. Like it's like there's a sort of heroic kind of variant of it, but then there's also that sort of like mysterious kind of music to it. Um very tribal. Yeah. yeah. It almost yeah, it almost reminded me of a lot of his like Black Panther vibe with sort of more mm. you know, like not I want I don't know like not conventional score music, you know, like a lot of sort of uh, instruments that aren't, you know, symphonic, exactly. I know a lot of people were complaining on YouTube about they said it doesn't sound like a Star Wars score, but actually I enjoyed that because it. I mean, it did. It, it's definitely a Star Wars score in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's different. It has those Western vibes, but actually, it felt a lot like watching the Clone Wars. You know how certain arcs were based on certain films. And those certain archetype film episodes were had a sort of similar soundtrack towards those films. Mm-hmm. Like if they did like a Western episode, it had like a Western sort of theme, or you know what I'm talking about. Like I, I like the how uh, the Boba the episodes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So that's I kind of I liked it for that reason. What about you, Claire? I really liked it. It was definitely different. When you are not John Williams and you are composing a Star War, <laughs> you need to find the right balance so that it still feels like a Star War to people, but that it is unique mm. and has its own flavor, especially something that has such a different tone um, like The Mandalorian does and and being in a different storytelling avenue completely. Um, yeah. Like John Powell did a fantastic job well, and Michael Giacchino did, but Giacchino was very John Williams-esque in his composing style, which was great because it was what that film benefited from a lot. Yeah. Um, but John Powell really changed up how a Star Wars score can feel like Star Wars and sound different, especially with like an like the Enfys Nest theme or like the Chewbacca. That's um, more is more the Chewbacca music is more of a contemporary like film score kind of vibe to me anyway um mm-hmm. and i think that this score is pushing that even a step or two further in its uniqueness but it still felt tonally appropriate it felt star warsy to me but there were a couple moments that really stood out because of how unique they were for star wars and i was like ooh all right i can get i bet i i can i'm I'm cool with it. I like it so far, and I look forward to hearing how um, it continues to be scored going forward. Some good Star Wars. It is. What are you guys? Um, what are you guys looking forward to in Episode Two? Well, uh, the Mandalorian changing Yoda's diaper. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say um, some a serious game of of Force sensitive peekaboo. Where's the baby? <laughs> there he is. It's a cup. It's a spaceship. It's yes. a cup. <laughs> <And> a <speeder>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I don't know what I'm really looking forward to it next year. Maybe Cara Dune. Sorry. Is she I coming mean, in? Cara... She's come in and My girl. Get some ass. I miss I her. I feel like there's going to be some sort of reckoning with the Empire, at least. Ooh, yeah. I look forward to seeing her, and I look forward to seeing Moff Gideon. Our boy Giancarlo Esposito. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, actually, quick uh, thing that I wanted to ask about, since, Claire, you mentioned um, Palpatine's contingency plan yep. a while ago. Um, did somebody tease that, like, we're getting the kind of building of the First Order in this show? Yes. Was yeah, that, like, was that the... John Favreau or Dave Filoni or something? I think it was both of them mentioned yeah. that. Um... So cool. So that's definitely interesting. Um, right. So yeah, it could be part of the, you know, the game plan, so to speak. Like the idea that Palpatine's just like, if I die, <laughs> still baby Yoda. <laughs> still babies. Yeah. I think... uh, sorry, my lord? <laughs> still loads of babies. <laughs> Find one like he He really loves that strategy. He does. He's, good at baby he's been all about baby snatching. He's been yeah. baby snatching since the Clone Wars, man. He's a goblin. was baby snatching, and now he's got Mando's baby snatching. Yeah. Can someone Photoshop the child catch-up out of Palpatine's face? Now? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Would you like a little death stick? <laughs> that reminds me of the uh, this guy in Glendale who was apparently going around nude trying to lure children. Yikes. <laughs> Like way to go, Glendale! <laughs> <laughs> you just walk past and see him, and you go, "That's like Palpatine." <laughs> well, we don't know what Palpatine's not wearing under that robe. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's been walking around naked for the last thirty years. When you're the oh, emperor, boy. you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why nobody recognized him because he didn't have his cloak on. He's just That's right. swinging. He doesn't wear pants. He has a robe. <laughs> I like the idea that he's like, apart from his hands and his face, his body's just perfect. <laughs> he's not scarred. He's like he's like tanned like a bodybuilder. He's like orange and like oiled up underneath there. He just looks like up. a porn star. <laughs> so good. I'm thick and ready to get. Got a fucking ten inch dick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh God. That's a very type. Of, that's a very different type of helmet. End the episode on. Hey. Um, so, before we go and wrap up, um, I think we should do our ratings, and our rating system will be out of ten Beskar. All right. I mean, what a be- what better way to do it? Um, I'm going to go first purely because I get it out of the way. <laughs> you know, get your thoughts. Um, I'm going to give the episode nine out of ten Beskar. I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was a great sort of pilot into this world. And did a lot of the stuff I wanted to see from Star Wars. In ter- well, I know that people keep saying that. But I mean in terms of one of the major things I liked about the Disney acquisition was that first game, Uprising. Mm-hmm. And seeing um, like what happened after Return of the Jedi. It's the same reason why I like those elements in the Aftermath books. I like that time period and I want to know more about it. So seeing that in this episode uh, paid off. So 9 out of 10. Uh, Nikki. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know what else it could have accomplished as a pilot. I think it did basically everything we needed it to do. Um, so I can't think of much, many ways to fault it. I will give it a 9.5 uh, because I would have loved for it to be a little longer. <laughs> yeah, you know, start, start I was surprised that, by the link too. Yeah, start scratching that 50 minutes, you know? Um Something around there. That's like literally my only complaint. I I just want more. I can't wait. I think it it asked or uh, it posed questions. It did you know exactly like exactly what you want a pilot to do. 
Um, it gave you the vibe of what we're dealing with. It set up conflicts, introduced new areas. Um, one really small note is I loved that it didn't tell you what planet he was on, <laughs> like ever. Yeah. Like, eh, we're, we're just going around. Eh. We'll figure it um, out later. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was like a really, it was like a throwback kind of thing almost. Um, because, uh, you know, just we'll, we'll, we'll figure out where we are in the future. We'll get a book for it. Um, so, yeah, no, 9.5. No complaints. Except length. <laughs> Claire. Um, all right. I'm going to rate it a little bit lower than you fools. Just kidding. Um, I would actually, I'd give it an eight. Um, I think it was kind of a, a slower start, but also I feel like it was, it was probably good to get you the vibe of what's going on. I thought it was aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> it was it definitely felt like Star Wars. It looked like Star Wars. It, it just, it felt right. I will absolutely say that, but, um, I I feel like I don't know a lot about what's about to happen, and that's a good thing, and that is a little bit of a bad thing as well, I guess. But it's just me being really nitpicky. It's just that um, I thought it was maybe a little slow, um, to start off, and um, it's. Uh, but I will say that I was overwhelmingly pleased about what I watched, and I was surprised and delighted. I heard the word mythosaur spoken by a <laughs> character in star wars which i don't think we've had before and when i heard that i like <laughs> i made a weird noise um and um it's pretty rad and we saw and i can't wait to find out more about mandalore and about what has happened to their people in the uh remnants of the galactic civil war um mm-hmm. so Overall, intrigued, delighted, and I'm just I'm I'm ready for episode two. I wanna know I wanna know what exactly this means. <laughs> now that he's found a baby, is he gonna bring him to the Empire? Is he gonna protect this baby? We don't know what's going on. But um I'm it's whatever it's gonna be, it's it's gonna be rad and it it already feels feels right. And that's the most important thing to me, is that if it feels like Star Wars. What can you make out of this? Stamps the baby on the table. <laughs> Nothing. It's a baby. <laughs> I'm I'm totally intrigued by the armorer. I yes, me I want to know who who she is. Ah, oh, Bay. Also, I like the idea of him after every mission coming back with a bit more Beskar yeah. and improving <laughs> the armor. And it feels like he's finally he's 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 one piece by piece finally coming into his own. Um, like, you know, I did like, to, to scrap. Yeah, going back to visit Valkyrie Queen. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love when she's like, "Let me get my tools out." Like, <laughs> like they kind of put like porn music on there, and would have fit because she's like, bang, 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 "That's how we all hammer. felt watching it. A little bit aroused. Because yep. <laughs> yep. no, someone can can someone edit that? It make the ultimate John Favreau edit by just putting um. Dun, 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 dun. Perfect perfection. Again, Buscar. Well, on that note, I think it's um fitting to say that that's all we've got time for this week. 
Um, if you'd like to catch up with us, don't forget to check out our website, which is imperialsenatepodcast.com. If you have any questions about this episode of The Mandalorian or next episode, which airs on Friday, which is the... Is it 15th? Holy crap, yeah, it this comes out on Friday? Friday? Yep. Yep. Oh my 15th, lord. Friday the 15th. Um, then you can email us at podcast at gmail.com and we'll answer them on our next episode. If you'd like to help support the show, you can do so by picking up some sweet swag from tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash the Imperial Senate podcast or by becoming a patron on our Patreon page. Our first ever commentary is up on there. That's for A New Hope and it's um, it's pretty good. I listened to some of it and I liked it. <laughs> um, <Hey. laughs> and we'll be doing an Empire episode very, very soon in the month of November, which is currently in. Um, and if you haven't had enough of us and you want to listen to us talk more, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at ImpsNetPod or on Facebook by searching The Imperial Senate Podcast. Um, well, that's all we've got time for. Um, have you guys got anything else to say? Or No, not this time. I just, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in my happy place right now. Mm-hmm. Just looking forward to discussing the next episode, seeing what is up. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for listening. The Force will be with you always. Initiating self-destruct. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs>